Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Today, we have one of my favorite people ever, Sophia Hilton, owner of Not Another Salon, Not Another Brands. She has so many different companies. Uh, She's one of my favorite, favorite people to catch up with. She's in the UK, and she's one of the most followed people in the UK. And for a good reason, she shares so openly about her journey, her experience. She's just super real, and I love connecting with her because... I just feel like we're walking a similar path and she's all the way on the other side of the world, wherever she is. <laughs> I love it. How have you been? I mean, I feel like the last time I talked to you, we were like freaking balls deep in the pandemic. Like it was just really intense. And we talked about some awesome stuff and we talked about, you know, your salon and people being themselves and, you know, what's been going on now that we're kind of getting back to normal. Is it getting back to normal where you're at? Yeah, it is. And from a business perspective, I'd say team perspective, I'm the happiest I have ever, ever been. Like my team is the best, kindest, most loving team. And like, I can't tell you, like everything that I set out to get was a bumpy road to get there. But I walk in that building every day and I get a huge hug. And there is like a vibe of happiness and energy. And like, like there was a point where I was like, I just don't know if I need to get rid of this salon. And as you know, because I was talking to you about it, <laughs> I, I could not imagine that in a million years now. Like the, yeah, a, a lot, a lot has changed. Um, the way I run my business has changed and it's made some big differences actually. Do you feel like the pandemic helped you? Yeah, I do. You know, like we just don't stop, do we? And sometimes you need time to reflect. And that was the time that most people needed. I think a lot of people have changed their businesses, right? Since they've come back. Um, But one client at a time, I've got to say, Gina, has changed my life. I never thought I could do it. I didn't think we could afford it. I didn't think the profits would be the same. All the questions I tell you. And I would say that's like 80% of the reason that my staff are so happy is that one thing. That's awesome. So they're doing one guest at a time more. About two a day because they're big jobs, about two a day. And sometimes they're like, oh, maybe we should just do a little bit more. And I'm like, like, do you know what? I remember you when you were double booked and you weren't fun and neither was I. So no. (laughs) And then they're like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Well, you guys do some crazy hair. So for people who don't know you, can you tell them, you know, if this is the first time they're ever listening to the podcast, can you give yourself, can you tell them like about your salon? Cause you guys do like crazy hair. Yeah. So we're called not another salon. Uh, we do actually do 50% natural, but we really are, we really are known for our 50% non-natural. Um, and we made in the UK vivid's very commercial. So we don't do a lot of rainbow hair, my little pony hair. We don't do all of those unicorn stuff. We don't really do that. We do very commercial hair. Most of our clients have what we call awful to say proper jobs um and we try and make vivids wearable um and that became a really big trend in the last six years and it, and it did make a move in the uk where vivids weren't just seen as alternative or crazy or pony that they, they were actually like starting to be worn in the work- workplace so that that caused some waves 
and we're a really inclusive salon and, and that was a really big wave in the UK as well. So we're gender neutral, we do silent haircuts, we wear pronoun badges now. Um, so I, I guess we're, we enjoy pioneering new little things in our industry and, and helping other salons on the way because I'm an educator mainly. I'm a salon yeah. owner. Yeah, I'm, a salon I'm an educator first, for sure. Yeah, same here. And it seems you're just so progressive and you do it like fearlessly. You just go for it. And, you know, some of the things that people are like thinking about doing, you just go for it and do it. So that's so awesome. I love it. Doesn't mean I'm not shitting myself the whole time, (laughs) but, you know, courage, feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what it's about, right? Yeah. Tell me about a silent haircut. If somebody told me they wanted a silent haircut, I would be like, okay, but it's just something here that like, I see it all over Instagram now and I see people like marketing it. Now, how do people book that? Is it like an option on your menu? Oh, it's so easy. Yeah. They just, they just, um, we don't have a booking system that's online. We do everything via email and phone, uh, just because our bookings are quite complex because we do a lot of color correction. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, they just call up, ask for a silent service. When they come in, they get greeted. They say, hello. They, um, you know, we talk about their hair, their consultation, their products, everything, everything hair related is said. We just don't ask them if they've been on holiday or that sort of stuff. Um, it's really very easy, but it's just to move on from actually all the time we're thinking what makes an inclusive space. Um, some people aren't comfortable talking. Some people have, you know, a difficulty with their pronouns. Some people, like it doesn't matter what it is, but I'm always considering. I mean, even the newest thing for us at the moment is like a gowns for larger clients. I don't know how I've missed that, how I haven't done that. Um, but again, it's like all of those things I'm thinking to make sure the environment is inclusive. I love that. And it's, it's interesting because the quality, like I, I learned from my mentor, Tony Robbins, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our questions. And you just said the question that you're asking is what can I do to make an inclusive space? And all of the answers are the things that you're doing and you guys are just doing it and you're creating, you know, the environment where people want to come in and they feel comfortable. And that's amazing. Like we need that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and also I don't really want to be engaged in a business that doesn't make me excited and tingle and fuzzy inside. And that's why I do it. It's, it's the, I, look, I'm good with money. Don't get me wrong, but I want to, I want something that has money and feeling that's, what's important for me in life. If it was just straight cash, I'd be very unstimulated. Yeah, totally. I mean, money comes and goes as we've seen. Uh, it's important to like what you're doing. I feel the same way at the network, you know, the same, same kind of vibe, you know, creating that inclusive space. And I, I remember following you when I was like 20, like, I, I don't even know how old I was, but I remember following your salon and you just have such a strong brand. Like I was following not another salon and just to see like the branding of what you do. Like you're so amazing at creating a brand. It's like impressive. I love it. I love branding. I teach it on my social media course and I I want, I'm going to do it a whole course by itself because it fascinates me. The whole, we all kind of do the same thing, but we put it in a different package. I think it's really cool. Yeah. It's like, um, one of my friends told me like back, back when I was working with a pretty big uh, color brand and I was like stressing out over like what to wear for this event that I was going to. And she was like, Gina, people need to be able to dress up like you for Halloween. 
you need to have like a look, like people need to be able to dress up like you for Halloween. And I was so stressed out about that statement that like, I didn't know like what my brand was. So like, it took me a really hard time to like find that. And like, there was this like one class I did, it was in Toronto. I burned all the footage of it because it was so bad, but I wore like this hot pink suit. Cause I had like hot pink hair and I was like, maybe like, this is my brand. And I wore it and oh my God, it was so bad. It was terrible. Like on me, it just wasn't me. Like it just was not me. And long story short, um, you know, we, I had my wedding reception here at the network. Like we, we did a destination in Costa Rica and then we came home and did a party here and I wore my dress for like three hours. And then I threw on bike shorts and a big giant t-shirt and my Yeezys and Then I was like walking around and everyone in the salon was like, oh my God, yes. Like the summer fit is back because every day in the summer I'll wear bike shorts, t-shirts and either slides or Yeezys. So like anybody could be me for Halloween because that's exactly what I wear, but it just, I was being more myself. So just because the brand isn't rainbows and crazy shit, it doesn't mean it's not a brand either. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like I could definitely dress up like you for Halloween. And just because your brand is this way and my brand is this way, doesn't mean it's not a brand. So it's just really interesting, like finding yourself to make your own brand. Even me and not another salon. Like I wouldn't have my living room look like not another salon. I occasionally have wore something that looks a little not another salon, but I don't wear it on me. Like I am cohesive with the salon. But I am not the salon. Like I always say, like the salon is a part of me. It is not all of me. Um, and that's really important, especially as well, because a brand kind of needs to have stability and, and I need to move a little bit, you know? So I think the brand is slightly different to me, especially if you look at like the, you know, I don't want to look like the walls of my salon. <laughs> no, you always wear your plaid. I always think of you with the yellow. <laughs> have it on right now. (laughs) I know. I love it. I love it. But yeah. So I saw that you launched these pins. Those, those are cool. Yeah. So it's just all about, again, like making the space more inclusive and we are using pronouns now. Um, We ask a client in advance uh, what their pronouns are via email. We make sure it's on the website. Um, But you know what? Some really cool stuff's happened. So we've only had them for like a week. Um, and already one of my staff members who's non-binary has said to me, I was really excited to get them because my, my client misgenders me all the time and I don't have the confidence to correct them. And I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I feel like I found out something really important that I wish I'd known. And I'm glad the badge just helped that conversation. And then I have a guy that works on reception and he walked past me and he had two pins. He had um, they, them, and, and he, him on either pit, bit of his collar. I went, oh, honey, you have multiple pronouns. And he or they said, uh, yeah. And then started to tell me the story about lockdown and gender dysphoria and blah, blah. I was like, I am really ashamed that you worked in my company and I didn't know that. But how cool that because of the wearing of pins, we just opened a conversation about everyone's gender. And you'd think that we talk about it in our salon of all salons. And yet I learned something about my staff. It's cool, right? Yeah, no, I love it. Now, what do you like? So you're telling me this, I'm on board. I think it's great. I'm a very inclusive person. What do you like salon owners who just are not on board with us, who think it's stupid? What's your advice to them? 
it's okay. They just will be. It'll just take five to 10 years. And they'll like, it's going to happen. Like it's happening. It's happening. Right. Like, cause I see, I can definitely see people like rolling their eyes at like, oh my God, why does it matter? Blah, 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 blah. But it is important to like see people for who they are. Like, it's so important. I and can I do something small that makes no difference to me that will can make someone else feel more happy and safe in my space, you know? Um, but yeah, I've already got it. Like I've already cut them on Instagram. Like, oh, people need to learn to toughen up. Okay, like suicide rates are like 50% of people have attempted suicide that are like transgender and non-binary, like different statistics are out by the way, all the time this changes, but it's still a high number, even if you pull it down to 30, um, you know, like we need to care about that stuff. Um, that, do you know what? everything that anyone thinks I have thought so I have compassion and understanding so if people are like oh everyone just wants to be in the club I think I've, I do remember when I first heard the term non-binary thinking that and I'm going to admit it because the reason why I'm admitting that is because I want to get a connection between the person that thinks that now and me to say you can move on from that thought process it's just your first thought but you can move with a bit of education and you probably would if you actually sat through it. Yeah. Or if you had someone, or if you had someone in your life, like very close to you who struggled with this, you know, yeah, I feel like I mean, people my, are in their own world. Yeah. I mean, like I've grown up with a trans best friend, so I don't really know a lot about pronouns and words and all the ins and outs of the politics. I'm, I've been shit with that, but I know the hurt. I know the sadness, I know the stories, um, and I know everything firsthand. So for me, I'm probably better connected emotionally than I have been from an education perspective. But I've had to work on the education and get better at that over time. And you know, you're gonna make mistakes like all the time. All that matters is that you're trying, you know? Yeah, totally. I did a podcast with uh, Kristen Rankin from The Dress Code Project. Have you heard of them? Yeah, we, we, we're friends. We talk. Yeah. I love Kristen and we did a podcast and we were talking about pronouns and I just fucked up the entire <laughs> podcast. Like I just like, and the whole funny part about it, she's just like, yeah, like if you misgender someone, you just apologize and move on. Like you don't make a huge deal about it because it's like, you don't want to like you just like be normal with it. You know what I mean? And like the more like psyched out you get with it, the more weird it is. And it's just, you know, you just want to make people feel welcome and seen. And, you know, I think it's great. I've got a, a few people on my team and, you know, they have their pronouns on their stations and it's, you know, I love it. And we're a dress code projects on, we have the gender neutral bathrooms, um, and I work with Pride in my town in Southington, Connecticut. And there's just some cool ways that you can get involved. And it's really not that difficult to make people feel welcome in your space. It's really not that difficult. It's, it's really not. And you just, what we're, what we're saying, <clears throat> I did a talk on, um, on um, gender inclusion on Monday. And what we we're saying is, like I said, for work in these small villages you're probably thinking to yourself yeah but it doesn't really affect us around here that's like a London thing you know that is that's like a city thing you know you'd be so surprised if you start uh, being more open on your website and and you know showing the world that you're in your space that um, allows and welcomes like all genders and just show your tolerance basically when you do that 
all these people will come out the woodwork and you'll be like, oh my God, they existed the whole time, but they just weren't confident enough to tell me. Like, it's wild how the more you're open about it, the more you realize the people that are affected by it are all around you. They're just hiding. And that's really sad. Yeah, they should not be hiding. It's like, it's 2022. Right. Yeah. I feel like the world has changed quite a bit. Baby steps, baby steps. It's okay. It's okay. Like when I, when I went gender neutral six years ago, like to my knowledge, there was no one else in the UK that did that. Everyone was like, I mean, some, somewhat, some people uh, came back to me and were like, oh, amazing, amazing. But like, there was still a big proportion that was like, oh, fucking ridiculous. But they're not, but now like, it's going wild the amount of businesses that are gender neutral. So it's coming, it's coming and people have to get used to it because this new generation, there's not some great parts, but the percentage of what they bring is amazing. And this is, this is part of, this is Gen Z's work and it is cool. Yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. So what else are you working on? What's been going on? Oh, you know what? I've just been working on how do I make my salon space like the happiest place like what I always wanted and I've had to really challenge uh what I've been taught what I believe and how things are supposed to be and like really shake off the shackles of this is how an employed salon should run and just like start blank blank sheet of paper and it's really made a difference, um, especially, and I don't want to go into this conversation, but the whole employed, self-employed thing. Like I've really, I'm an employed salon. Um, and to be competitive with that, like I've really had to think of all of the things that people don't like about employed salons. And that's like the restraint of not being able to do what you want, charge what you want, go where you want, book your holidays and that stuff. And our company has become so free like, you know, if they don't have a client, they can just mark themselves out. They can take holidays off at the same time. I, I used to say, oh, if, you, if you're both on the same level, you can't have a holiday. Um, I used to say, you can only have so many Saturdays off a year. Now I'm like, fuck it. If you're fully booked, does it matter if it's a Saturday or Tuesday or Monday or Wednesday? Like, what does it matter? It does not matter. Whoa, like, whoa, boom, mind blown. <laughs> like, oh my God, why did it take me so long to realize this? Um, but yeah, like, like, like so many of those small changes, like, oh, you know, we can't make money if we're not double booked. We're not double booked now. We make money now. Like, wow. Like it's just changing your mindset. To, I mean, this is very Tony Robbins, isn't it? But it's changing your mindset to believe it's possible and it is possible. It is. Yeah, it really is. And when I had my employee based salon, like I was in a similar mind frame of like trying to make it the happiest place and trying to, you know, provide the best work experience I possibly could. And we actually t- like closed on the weekends. Like yeah. we were closed on the weekends. Like I think it was three and a half years into business. Yeah. I closed the salon on the weekends. That's really cool. I mean, we have the Academy on Monday, so we can't close on the weekend. Otherwise everyone would be on a four day week, four day week on single book and booked and employed salons, not enough money. Most of them have to work five days. If they want to go four days, it might have to be double booked. Uh, but that's just like some of the restraints. But if we didn't have the academy on Monday, I would definitely close Saturday. As soon as you're fully booked, do what the hell you like. I, know, like, it's, I always like tell hairstylists like Saturdays are for new people. 
Like Saturdays should be for like someone in the industry, one to five years. And like, once you're past five years, if you get nothing else from this podcast episode, move your six stupid hours on Saturday to a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It doesn't matter where the hours go, as long as you sell them. If you think of it like that, it does not matter what day they're on, as long as you sell them. So if you are fully booked, why are you working Saturdays when you can move those six hours? And I'm assuming like a nine to three. Yeah. You know, why not move those? I wouldn't do like, um, they requested for their Christmas holiday to go to, oh, I don't know what the equivalent is in America, but it's like a summer camp. And it's usually full of children and families, but they kick out the children and families and they just put lots of alcoholics there. Um, and it's really fun. Um, and it was like a 90s festival with like the Venga boys and like, I don't know, all of that. Anyway, they said, can we have our Christmas party there? And it was like, oh, like close the salon for three days. Screw it, let's do it. And we did. But it doesn't really matter because as long as we made the money on another day, what does it matter? We're not a walk-in salon anymore. You can't be a walk-in salon anymore because everyone needs to be skin tested. So making sure your doors are open for walk-ins isn't a thing for me. So why by not? Appointment. Yeah, by appointment. Appointment. I don't, I don't have a walk-in color correction. Like it doesn't really happen. So it's, it's amazing once you start picking away at what has always been and realize what you, you, you don't have to do anymore. And I think, yeah, I've noticed such a difference. Like they're more chilled and therefore I'm more chilled. Like, I think I've only had one sort of like hard, like slightly hard, like conflict situation that I had to sort out in 18 months. That's it. And even then I was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I'm a bit of out of practice. <laughs> you know, because it's wild. And that was because, because they're under less pressure. It's less of a pressure cooker. So, you know, they're nicer to each other. And then they're nicer to me. And then I'm nicer to them. It's just, yeah, that's the key. It, the key. The key is just happiness, man. Yeah, I mean work-life balance you know it's kind of like a scam right it's like work is part of life yeah. so how can we make it fun to where they want to be there to where they're making money and you know they're enjoying themselves and they have some freedom and flexibility and don't feel like they're like stuck yeah employment I like the team is better for me though i must say smaller team how many do you have on your team uh, eight plus plus like <laughs> like support and reception the difference is we have a meeting every week and when there was like i had like 16 staff something like that like the max it didn't really give a lot of airtime for each member of staff like in meetings um and now in meetings i can do proper check-ins so you go around the room how are you and someone's like oh my boiler broke at the weekend you know oh i went fishing i did it whatever and when we used to do that when we we're in a bigger team meeting i'm not gonna lie junior like i used to be like uh why are you telling me your boiler broke when you could be telling me that we don't have enough stock or something something that i can actually go away and help you with it would almost annoy me and now i've realized that by telling me your boiler broke i get to be connected to the fact that you're having a bad day and that is way more important um and like the human connection part has just become much more important to me so now i really value knowing that someone just took up tennis in a team meeting which seems irrelevant but it's not irrelevant because we have a connection and a conversation and a relationship that means that the other stuff becomes easier because the bond is stronger. Totally. I totally agree. When I had my employee based salon, it was smaller team, like under 10 was amazing. And then 10 to 20 was so difficult. 
it was yeah. so difficult. Like it was just really hard because it was like, there's always two to three people who are having problems on top of, you know, everything. Teens thing, the teens. Did you tell me that? What's that? So, um, that someone told me that when you get to 11, 10, yeah, so yeah, yeah. 13. So once you hit the teens in a, in a side is the teens that, that struggle and then once you get to like 21 22 and you go above that it can get easier again because you've got more support staff yeah exactly the network has 27 artists that work here and they're all independent and I think like the most easy part about a booth rental model is that you don't have any dealings with the clients besides like greeting them giving them snacks and making them coffee and you don't have to deal with their hair like they go straight to the stylist if they need anything so I feel like that's one of the biggest benefits of booth rental and when you have an employment-based salon like you have the more people you have the more clients the dealings the more challenges like the artists have like the, there's just like more stress I feel like the smaller team is way more realistic yeah, yeah. And you have your other things that you're doing too. Like, I think it's like really cool this day and age, like with a cosmetology license, you know, we can build like empires. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you're doing your education, you have your businesses, you have all of the things that you do and you have a cosmetology license. It's the same with me. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sure you have other education, but it's just incredible that yes, we have the salon, but we could do so much more. So it's not like all of your eggs in, are in one basket. Yeah, I mean, from a business aspect, and I know it's unique to me and perhaps you, but I needed to make the salon easier to take less of my headspace, to make it just like like my little happy space, not too stressful, everything easy so that I can focus on my other projects completely um, and not feel like I'm like dropping balls all the time. And I, for a long time, I felt like I'm dropping balls. And I, I honestly, I would say the first time in my career, I feel like I'm not right now. And that's pretty like big. Um, I work four days a week, Tina. Do, 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 do. This is like a huge change for me. Like behind the chair? Uh, no, like as in I only work four days doing anything. Oh, good, good. I was gonna say you work four days behind the chair. Are oh. you dying? I just worked yesterday and I'm dying. <laughs> uh, no, I like like once a quarter, and I'm like, oh my god, my back. Yeah, I mean, I call it the, the this is my 421 theory. So 421 is I do four days at work, two days as a mother and a wife, and then one day is Mummy Monday. This is my day. Like I get to do anything I want. I go and get Botox. I have a cocktail. I go to a dance class. I read a book. I fell asleep in a cafe with a book the other week. It was amazing on a big cuddly chair. And I have like one whole day that it's just for me. And that has made my brain so much healthier I love it that's work-life balance <laughs> I know would you imagine like, I, like it's really hard and I never thought that I could fit it in four days I thought that would be impossible I mean I don't have lunch let's be honest um <laughs> I mean same yeah yeah like it's what it is but you know I value that that one day. And then if you just said, can I put four businesses into four days? I would have said you were mental. But again, coming back to Tony Robbins, because I know how much you love him and so do I. Like it's the belief that, you know, it's the limiting beliefs. I can't do this. I can't do that. That's not possible. I don't have time. I don't have time. You got to make the time. You got to figure it out. One of my favorite quotes from him is, you don't need resources. You need to be resourceful. 
It's such a good one. Like you don't need resources. You need to be resourceful. And I see it all the time online. Like in these Facebook groups, people are like, how do I do this? And I'm like, literally type it into Google. And I take a screenshot of like 4,000 answers. I'm just like, you need to like be resourceful. Like you need to like figure it out. And like, if you asked me if I could fit four businesses in four days, I'd say you're crazy. And like, I do it too. You know, it's not, nothing is crazy urgent because once you have the time scheduled, you know, okay, this is the time I have to do this and you just get it done. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, yeah, with the team as well, I was thinking about this morning, like listening, you know, like I've always prided myself on being a good listener. I know not to speak too much. I know to like, you know, be reflective and allow people space. And like, I felt like that was something I was always good at. So then I could never really understand where my team wouldn't tell me things because I know I'm such a good listener. And I've had this realization even just over the last few weeks that even if you really do good listening, you actively listen and you take it in. If you don't really make the changes that they're asking for, if the answer is, yeah, but that's just the way it is, <laughs> um, then you're not really listening. You're actively listening in the moment, but you know, you're not actually changing anything, which then means that after a few times of them speaking to you, they're gonna stop asking. And that's the worst thing, because when they stop asking, you're unaware of what's going on in their head. I keep saying I could write a book on the mistakes I've made and I, I am giving it a crack actually of literally writing a book on the mistakes I've made. Um, but yeah, I was thinking a lot about that, about like truly like being able to listen to people. But I think it was my limiting beliefs that I couldn't change what they were asking for. So if they say, oh, we're so busy, we can't get a break. I'm like, welcome to hairdressing. You know, like it doesn't cut it these days that, you know, people, people have different ideas of how the world should be. And we have to smash down the walls of what we knew to be. And you're the, you're the queen of that, of building something new, you know? I appreciate that. You are, you are reimagining what you did going from your employed salon, what you set up, I watched everything you do. And you just reimagined your entire life and let go of what you knew when you took on new stuff, you embraced change. Like that's why, that's why people are following you. That's why, that's why they should be following you. That's why I recommend you at least every two weeks to someone i love you i appreciate what you said about like listening to people and like actually executing on things and i'd love to share like at the network we have on the last tuesday of every month at 8 30 in the morning we do a zoom everyone's invited and it's a town hall meeting we do all of our announcements and then we leave it open I put 90 minutes of time and I say, anything you need, tell me. And that's what we're going to focus on until next meeting. And they tell me everything and anything going on in the salon. And they, we've built that trust where they're not afraid to come to me and be like, Hey, this is going on, or this is happening, or this isn't working, or we need more of this. And it's been amazing to like have that open communication, you know, because it's very easy to just hold it in and talk shit to each other about it but they have been so honest with me about anything that they need. And I'm not going to lie. It's been pretty expensive over the past couple of months to get everything they want done. Um, like one of the things they wanted lights over the sinks because it's really dark at night and it's really hard to tone in the sinks without a little flashlight. They use their phone and I saved up for it. I got the lights put in 
they wanted more, uh, heat lamps because, you know, I brought in eight more people, so they needed heat lamps. I brought those in, uh, they needed more color trays, brought those in like all the things that they like needed that, you know, most salons will just be like, just get it yourself or just deal with it. You know, we, I take care of it and they see the result and then it builds the trust. And, you know, as a salon owner, if I'm going to have a salon at this scale, and if I'm going to be like out here, like trying to promote a work environment, that's like healthy and like where you can go to the owner, like I need to be walking my talk. So it's interesting over the past few months, like less and less and less. No, I'm not even going to call them complaints. They're not even complaints. They're just sharing what's going on. But now the meetings are very short. There's like, no, we're good. We're good. Everything's good. You know, and I try to have my response time to be under a week. So if someone tells me this needs to get done, my goal is to have it done in a week. Like that is my goal. I need to have a time frame. Thank you. That's really good advice. Yeah, especially like things around the salon, like this easy way to piss off your team is to not get that little thing fixed. It's so minor, but it's so important to them. Yeah, I, I love the idea of, of, of I'm going to say that to my husband is the one that does all the like, you know, fixing stuff. But I'm going to say to him seven days from the day it's, it's noticed. Or at least if you can't fix it, a response. You know, they, they gave me something that's a very large fix. It's like, one of the things is we have 10 sinks and the water pressure when like six sinks are going at once, it dies a little bit. So we had it all quoted. It's like a $5,000 job that has to get done. And that's a huge expense, you know, like a couple color trays, you know, 800 bucks or like something like that. It's pretty big expense, but like, you know, the water pressure thing is a huge expense. So we went in, we did research and we responded within a few days and we're saving up for it and we're going to get it done. But it's something like, if it can't be done right now, at least a follow-up, you know, to show that like you haven't forgotten. Uh, I just think it's like really important. Like, it's like you're a landlord in this situation. And even when you're in, you know, an employee-based salon, like if they need something, they need to know that you've heard them. And if the answer is, not right now, a response like bare minimum would be appreciated, you know, keeps that trust. One thing I did do that was really helpful. Um, what I, one time I came back from holiday and because oh, this is when my salon was most mad. It was like the peak of like, we just, we were just rammed with clients. We were all so busy. I was losing the plot. I was lo- like dropping balls all the time. You know, you know what it's like. It's like that I have no experience, and yet here we are. Like everything was just wonderful, and like at the same time terrible because it was just so hard to manage. Anyway, I finally took a holiday, and I came back off holiday, and my manager was like, "Okay, you ready?" And she started going through this list of stuff that was wrong or broken or what happened or whatever, and I just started flooding with tears, and I was just crying my eyes out. And she she looked at me and I said, "Can you just pause? I'm gonna go." for a walk and I went for a walk like like took a load of breaths and then I came back and I was like okay I'm ready for the second half I can't even imagine for a moment this happening now but anyway it did and then I was like okay clearly there's a lot of stuff going on but there's more there's more than I can handle as a single person so on the meeting which was on a Saturday at the time I took a massive board and I said throw everything at me that's a problem and they just was like okay the tap is broken this has happened and blah, 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 we don't have this product and all this stuff uh, and, and it just was wild. And I wrote it all down and I was like, I'm just one person. Can you collectively decide on the three things you want me to do this week? 
and they made the decision. And then I, I found that was really helpful because no one could ha be, be like, oh, she still hasn't done this, she still hasn't done that, because collectively they decided what was most important to them at that time. Um, and, and in my limited resources, that's what I, that's all I could offer. Um, and it really helped and it really helped. And then, you know, we broke it off piece by piece uh, based on what they found most important. I love that. That's like true vulnerability. Yeah. Okay. To be like, I can't do all of this. And most of us salon owners are like, I will do everything and I will not ask for help. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you can tell when the owner comes in, if they're not in a good mood, even if they are hiding it with a big fake ass smile, people know. Energy speaks like energy speaks, you know, and you know, you come in as a salon owner, like I would come in hurting big fake smile, my team knew, and then they're hurting big fake smile servicing customers. Wow. So it's really important to be like, that's vulnerability, yeah. you know? That's like being like, hey, I am one person. I can't do it all. Please help me make this happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I, oh, I'm doing a lot of reading at the moment. I'm do, there's two books I'm reading at the moment. One's called Toxicity. No, Toxicity in the Workplace. I'll send you a link because it's awesome. And the other one's called The Generation Gap. And they're really Ooh. cool. And just like really studying like what can make an environment toxic and also the kind of the, the this like car crash that happens when generations don't meet I mean I predominantly have a young team but I became the old one what before <laughs> when did I become the old one but um you know I, I have a real big foot in the old generation I didn't realize how much my foot was in the old generation um so yeah I'm I'm just really learning a little bit more about that and I just it's really interesting because there is a difference in how we all think based on when we were born. Yeah. I mean, I'm 30 and I feel like my foot is firmly grounded. I, both my feet are firmly grounded in the old and the new generation. And I feel like it brings, I feel like that's a huge strength. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's a huge strength because people in the newer generation, you know, they, there are the new ways but it's not necessarily the only way. It's not necessarily the fastest way. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that being grounded in what has worked in the past, what has proven to work and what has worked in the future or what is working going forward and like combining those things. Yeah. You know, I think that it's a huge strength. I feel like if you're stuck in the past or if you're super like, you know, against boomers, right? What do they call them? I don't know what they call them. <laughs> if you're, if you're, you know, really like unaware, I feel like those are weaknesses. I feel like a huge strength is to have some perspective from both. I think this is a good age. I mean, you're 30, I'm 34. Like the thirties are an amazing age to be able to see from both perspectives, right? Totally. Uh, do you think I do think that's wonderful it's just because when I was developing the company I was very much the younger generation and now I've realized that actually the younger generation is becoming the older generation it's this kind of passing through of time and um 
you think your way is the only way and I think it's really good to open ourselves up to new ideas and new ways like but that's hard <laughs> like change is really hard like you can't help but think oh what the fuck do you know uh and then as it happens you know sometimes you can be proven wrong sometimes you're proven right but I think we have to stay open-minded because I'm not, I don't want to become part of the old generation. I don't want to be seen as like outdated. I want to stay current, you know? Same, same here. You know, I did like this post. It was about cleaning the toilet. Did you see it? Oh. My toilet gate post had this girl working for me for a little bit and she like quit. And then she made a GoFundMe to help open her own salon, like a GoFundMe. And it was like, today as an assistant, you sweep hair, you clean, you even have to clean the toilet. And I was just like, I hope you're never a salon owner because you got to clean everything. You know what I mean? It's just a lot. So like, I feel like some of the newer generation, like not realizing that it does take some work to get you where you want to go. But the big benefit is they have social media. Now we did not have, I, I got into the business right when Facebook was popping off. So I was lucky enough to build my brand, my reputation and everything through social media. And, you know, they have that gift to do that now. And then the older generation did not have that gift. You had to do one client at a time, word of mouth, you know what I mean? So it's just interesting. Like you can get where you want to go way faster today, but if you have the work ethic to back it up, if you have the grit, yeah, you know, you're going to go way further, way faster with a strong foundation instead of like, you know, only putting your eggs on posting a few times a week, you know what I mean? And only, you know, relying on that. But if you can like experience word of mouth and referrals and, you know, a Google review program, like all of those things, if you can combine what has worked in the past consistently with what you have as resources today, like you will go so much faster. Yeah. I, there's a, I was thinking there was, um, I had a conversation with a team member of mine at the moment. Um, they're amazing, really good stylist, like immaculate graduate, immaculate stylist. Like I, the reviews are boring, except you're amazing. You're amazing. Uh, but they love to party. They love it. They, they definitely love to party. And they said to me recently in a meeting, like, oh, you know, I want to be a bit more like this person, that person. They have these people that they really admire on Instagram. And, you know, I want to be like that. And I said, what does that mean? What does being like that mean to you? Well, you know, I'd like to be known. I was like, okay, for what? I don't know, just known. I said, okay, the people that you're talking about, the people that, you know, that are doing this stuff, like they have paid for that in some way. So let's talk about how you can pay for it. You're going to be paying for this in your weekends, Okay, so your parties that you're going to with your friends, you're going to be paying for this in the evenings when you're practicing these stuff. You'll be paying for it in your time because you'll be missing people's birthdays, blah, blah, on and on and on. You know the story. And I said, so you need to work out what price are you willing to pay if you want to be known? If that's the goal, known, like what, what, what are you going to give? And when it really came down to it, they were like, yeah, I really like my life. And I said, okay, then you have to let this go because everybody else that you're looking at is paying something. And you need to work out what you're willing to pay. Um, and, and then it was, it was a great moment. And then we discussed, you know, okay, well, if you want a little taste of that, maybe you do 20% of that, but don't be jealous of the person that gets to 100 because you didn't give 100. 
you, you, you're going to get uh, get out what you put in. And um, it was a great conversation. And they, and I found with a lot of my team, when I've really told them what's involved to get to where they want to be, to match those people on Instagram that they follow, when you line it out, they're like, oh, I don't want that. And I'm like, I know you don't. <laughs> I knew that. I know, because I know you now. I've spent five years with you. So um, rather than like, I used to push and encourage my team. Oh my God, you could do this competition. What about this? This is projection, Gina. This is me projecting. You've got so much potential. Like you should be, you know, and I always wanted them to do more and be more. And and actually now I, it's completely led by them. I go, okay, if you want to do this, this is what it takes. Are you willing to do it? If not, you know, et cetera. So I'm, I'm a different kind of mentor now. I'm a lot more passive in the way that if, you, if you're going to bring it, I'm going to bring it but I'm not going to push you. you know? I think that's better for you. Oh, it's so much better for my head. Yeah. I used because to be when, like that too. When you decide to do a competition, it's you deciding to do a competition, but it's not, is it? It's me that stays with you until midnight, checking it over, looking at it. It's me that's looking over your models when you're sending it. It's me that comes along. Like the moment you decide to do that, it takes loads of my time. So you better take it seriously when you do it. If you want to take up my time. I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more uh, boundaried with what I'll give as long as, as long as the other person's going to bring it. Yeah, totally. The, um, I love what you said about your, they want to be known. And like, to me, um, cause you know, I did, I don't know if you know this, I did like Tony Robbins, uh, coaching hundred hour coaching program. And it's all based on the six human needs. Have you heard that concept before? Yeah, uh, Tony Robbins took the six human needs from like the 32 human needs in NVC and he's like made it into his own program. Did you? Know? Yeah, and it's like uh, from it's like psychology basics too, like survival needs and all of that shit. And it just reminds me of the need for significance, the need to feel worthy, wanted, important, special. And like little does everyone know, if you wanna be famous and known on Instagram, you wanna feel special and important, I'll tell you one way right now, how you can meet that need deeper than you can ever meet on fucking Instagram. Why don't you give a homeless person a pair of socks? You wanna feel important, worth, like needed? You wanna make a significant difference in someone's life? Give a homeless person a pair of socks. My brother said that to me and I was like, fuck. I was like, that's one way to meet that need that doesn't involve like fame for yourself, but like truly giving beyond yourself or like, like just something so simple, so simple. Somebody who needs socks, like get, go give a homeless person a 12 pack of socks. You know what I mean? You'll feel significant real quick. But Sophia, I know we got to wrap up. This has been amazing. I love you so much. I love connecting with you. I love chatting with you and catching up with you and seeing all the amazing things that you're doing. You inspire me so much. You too. And also, I'm supposed to be coming to the States this year and in, uh, I told you, in August. But if by some reason this doesn't work out, um, I'm going to hit you up because I think I want to come to the network. I think You have to. You have to come to the network. And if you ever want to do a class here, just send me a date. Literally, just send me a date. It will sell out because Norman, my assistant, is so excited that we're going. And if this falls through, because I'm supposed to be behind the chair with Crazy Palette, if this falls through for whatever reason, 
that this poor boy will cry his eyes out and I'm just gonna bring him to you. And we'll come. <laughs> I would literally not go to behind the chair and host you instead. I go every year. I love BTC, but I would love to have you at the network. Let me know um, anything you ever need out here and we'll do everything we can to help you out. I love you so much. Honey, keep going, keep being amazing. Congratulations once again. Oh, you too. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, darling. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast.